Hello, it's Sean with T-Shirt Voice Lessons, and I'm here today to tell you about how you can develop your voice in a way that still sounds like you. You can develop your voice without losing who you really are as a singer. Doesn't that sound good? I hope uh, hope you stay with me because I'll tell you the whole path that I went through, and I hope it, it helps you. A lot of us start out in a form of imitation because we think as adults especially that we have to do something when we go to sing. So I used to imitate rock singers or pop singers, opera singers, all kinds of singers actually when I was when I was developing as a singer. Started out a little bit when I was 12 trying to say I'm going to be a singer one day and then when I got older in high school did the same thing. And it's uh it's not my voice it was someone else's voice that's where one form of losing who you are is imitating other singers and sometimes when i have students that are younger uh they they will imitate especially young girls will imitate disney singers and it's always a kind of a cheap imitation i mean no offense to (laughs) my students but it's it is a cheap imitation because it doesn't sound like them and I try to get that that sound to come out. I will have professional singers that come to me and they have an embedded sound in their voice. Like a country singer who has what I call mandatory country singing where everything they sing is scooped like that because they're trying to sound like a country singer. They don't have to do that. They can sound and have that country twang all they want but let's start with your voice first And then we can add the fun stuff later if you want to. But we don't want to start being forced into a style, be forced into a mode of singing, and imitate, imitate. That was the first thing I did wrong, which I was imitating a lot of singers. And it was a pretty big variety, just just so you know. I I would imitate Elvis, um, Prince, uh, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, (laughs) uh, Pavarotti, and, and, and other classical singers and it was all over the place and again it it wasn't the best for me but then I went through this path where I went in a band and all this stuff and I came back and I decided I was going to study music and when I studied music I was hoping that I would learn how to develop my voice the way it should be the way let it come out let it let it do what it's going to do and I was willing to follow any instruction to make that happen Well, my first year in voice lessons uh, in college, I was a vocal performance major. I learned in a way that was, if I was to summarize it now, I would say it was a lot about tricks and ways to do all part, every little thing in a song or a phrase. So if I was to sing a, a note that went from a low note to a high note on a crescendo and then back down again. I had to do all these different things and mutate the vowel on the way up. And, and I had to uh, think of like some kind of special thing on the way down and all this kind of stuff. And when I sang a certain vowel, I had to kind of bite into it like I was biting an apple. And when I sang another kind of vowel, I have to mutate my vowel, my, my space into more almost a pucker. And all these things, and it was like every vowel had its own thing I had to do, every consonant had its own thing, and every phrase had to be handled specially, specially, specially. And when I went from 
one note to another, especially if it was during a breaking point. I had to kind of go through all these tricks to go through that. And in the process, I was really losing my real voice. I was adding an artificial construct. And I want you to think about this because I, and believe me, I, had, I really like my teacher. I was a really good teacher, but, uh, but I, it's just that there's so much information out there that's not, that's, that's not natural. And there's a reason why the average person doesn't like the sound of an opera singer. It's because many opera singers are trained. And you just don't connect with that trained sound because it sounds fake to your ear. And the truth is, in a lot of cases, it is fake. The person learned in a way that was too many tricks and 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 little techniques for every little thing and didn't develop in a way that develops the core power muscles, develops the little internal subtlety that, that's supposed to happen and all the refinements. Now, of course, there's many, many, many classical singers who do develop that way in a more, what I would call a natural way. And that there's a lot of people who say that I'm not trying to claim that I'm the only one that talks about that, but the the natural way of singing that that connects with the way we just are as human beings we're we're meant to sing in my opinion and so that's that's why people will connect with someone like bob dylan who in a lot of in terms of just voice he pretty much has a terrible voice and if i offend you just hold on a second because he's a very expressive singer and so what he what we connect with is his expressiveness and we don't even care how bad he sounds because he's just raw and he's letting it out there. And that's the point. That's why we connect with a singer like Bob Dylan and other singers now who, who are like that versus people who are overtrained. The training should never be apparent. Just like in a good actor, you should never see their training. You should never see the training, training of a singer. So I, I had this, this training now on me and I was like, oh, I'm a refined singer. I'm a classical singer or whatever. So my next year... My teacher then was more kind of freeing to a degree and he just was kind of loose, but he didn't really have a lot of technique, which that wasn't good either, okay? So I'm like going from self-taught, which is a lot of imitation, to now going to uh, too much little tricks and tips and then now I have like no technique at all. So uh, so that just let it just go in weird places and then he would make me responsible for the things I did wrong which is really kind of interesting. So <laughs> isn't that nice of me to say interesting as opposed to what I'm really thinking? So <laughs> um, so the next thing I did was to study anatomy and physiology and learn deeply what the voice is all about. I studied, I was inspired by one book and then I, I went into, and if you were in my other podcast, I talked about that. And I went into deep study of, of all the parts of the voice. I paid attention to master classes and every time that a singer came in to our, our music school, I paid attention to what they said, how they said it and what they were doing. And it was, I just dove in super deep to really understand it. And so that my third year was really about that. My teacher then had more of a technique, also kind of a balance between the two. Still had did a little bit of the tri tips and tricks kind of approach that I would, that's the way I would call it. And it was a little too much imitation. So I never still got my voice. I started having a voice kind of like his and it was a very you know baritone voice and I was kind of like him quite a bit. And then I'm not gonna bore you with every single year of my life, but 
I I was kind of never found my own sound. I never got there. Like for years of study, and I could go through years of study and not have my own sound. And that's like that's absurd in a lot of ways. So as I I got free of, I graduated my vocal performance degree. I got out on the stage and started singing and acting and I think that helped me out as well because with acting you have to sell a song you can't get by with just technique and so in musicals and and, and other things I learned to find my voice and it was it was a process of just connecting with the mechanics of singing letting interferences go away doing special exercises as needed to inter- to remove interferences in the voice, whether it was a tense muscle here or there, or it was some kind of fast vibrato because my space was, was too small, whatever it was, there was all kinds of things that I did mechanically to support the voice and to remove interferences. That's the main philosophy I followed for years. And then on top of it, I got rid of all that technique that I didn't get rid of it in the sense of I, I didn't sing with technique, but I got rid of all the the nitty gritty. Ah, oh, you got to think of this. You got to think of this. You got to think of that. You really don't as a singer. You just have to connect with your actual true nature. We are human beings. We are meant to sing. You are meant to sing. That is our nature. That what makes us beautiful creatures, and we're special in that way. And so that's what I did. And then it was my voice. I used to be concerned. Am I a tenor? Am I a baritone? Oh, I did some bass stuff. Am I really a bass? What am I? Well, you know what? I always tell my students this. God makes voices. Composers make voice types. Because voice types are made to fit a song. You want to write a piece of music. Well, this is for a baritone. That way people know what to audition for. Directors know who to audition. Stuff like this. It's kind of practical in a way. But there's a lot of baritones who sing high C's. There's a lot of tenors who can sing low notes. And it's all about finding your true range, what that is, and connecting with it and making it work. Yeah, you can sing those upper and lower notes outs- that are at the fringes of your range when when called for, for, for some particular purpose. And so that was part of it, finding my true range. Starting out as a tenor and I was uncomfortable and, and I was being held responsible by my teachers at the time for not sounding the best because you know they had me singing as a tenor. And I went to more of a baritone with tenor notes. I, I have the, the higher notes, but that's who I am. That's, that's the kind of singer I am. And I just let it be and let the range evolve. And actually my range got bigger, but I still stayed in that baritone range. And that's what I would encourage every singer to do. If you're alto, for example, altos will have to sometimes, sometimes they feel like they need to start as a soprano because they can hit the notes, but they're not, they're not noticing the fact that they're hitting the notes very airy or, or something's wrong with the notes or they get fatigue and and things like this, where if they just settled in alto, it's like, well, that's too easy. That's not a challenge. Well, it's not supposed to be challenging. (laughs) The voice is supposed to be natural. And that's where I'm coming from, and that's what I learned. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing I want to tell you today through my story is that I learned how to connect with the voice as, as, as it was intended to be when we were all born. And it was a wonderful thing, and I would, I'm so happy I went through this process so I know what to avoid 
and what I the steps that I avoided was first uh, self teaching. I would never recommend that someone self teaches voice. You should get a coach. You can work with me. Uh, you can look at some of the stuff that I have out there, and you should uh, never imitate other singers that's that was a mistake that i did you can get inspired by them but never imitate that's not you that's them Uh, avoid teachers and also uh, methods of singing that involve too much tips and tricks that are fake and artificial artificial constructs adding to the voice i would say avoid too little technique where you're just kind of singing in the shower kind of mentality that's not good either because it's damaging to the voice and it's not the way the voice is set up the voice is set up to be sung with the right power and the right placement and it's if you do it naturally it's going to sound perfectly natural it's not going to sound weird or anything like that and then the last thing is just to reconnect with the voice and what it is so that's my message to you and that's my story so until next time happy singing